30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard If you're listening to this, the magic found you. And I'm so glad it did. Welcome, friends, to another special quarantine edition of This Podcast is a Ritual. I'm your wizard, Devin Person, and just like every other person on the planet right now, I'm doing the best I can to navigate the surreal circumstances our entire global civilization finds itself in. I'm staying home, I'm staying calm, and I'm staying the course. Because thankfully, I was lucky enough to start this magical, reality-altering podcast more than a year before the coronavirus forced us all online. So while we weather this strange storm, I'm grateful to be the wizard whispering in your ear, helping us find the community, connections, power, and perspective to get through this together. So what does that mean for this podcast as a ritual? Well, I'll tell you what. It just doesn't feel right to do normal run-of-the-mill interviews in a time like this. And... We don't unlock the power to do remote interviews until we cross the 420 gate on Patreon, and plugging Patreon is not a priority for me right now, so I've decided to shake it up and solo cast until it's safe to come out and play. I'll be here, broadcasting from the edge of oblivion, with new episodes for you every Sunday night, as well as more experimental bonus content that I'll be making accessible to everyone, not just Patreon participants, although I love you Patreon participants. And those episodes will explore music, mythology, and any other strange ideas we come up with. That's right. I said we because I need your help. This podcast has always been powered by the magic of connection, and we need that magic more than ever right now. If you've got a question you've always wanted to ask a wizard, or something you'd like me to explore in an upcoming episode, or need a spell for something specific, give our wizard hotline a call at 860-415-6009 and leave a voicemail. You can let me know if you'd like me to respond privately or if it's all right to share your audio in an upcoming episode. Because, for reasons which will be made clear in today's episode, it's now more important than ever to make sure we're creating meaningful connections across this digital divide. While my voice will be transcending time and space to guide us into the slightly better reality, waiting at the end of this quarantine tunnel, it's also important that I hear from you, specifically you, because the magic found you for a reason. So if you've been listening for a while and waiting to make contact at some point in the distant future, now's the time. And that number is 860-415-6009. Give us a call, leave a message, and tell me how wizardry can help you Help me, help you, help us all, as together we learn how to be online.
Welcome. Look around you. Wherever you are right now, take a moment to look around the space you're occupying, whether that's a car or a bedroom or a sunny sidewalk in California. Take a deep breath and extend your awareness into your body. Feel what it feels like to exist in physical space, those same cozy three dimensions where humanity and actually all life has lived out its entire existence. Right now, this podcast is playing through countless physical spaces, stitching them together into a single experience with a golden fiber optic thread. You can imagine following that thread out of wherever you are and into the space of the next listener, all of us slowly taking a tour from my sanctum in New York City to someone's Toyota stuck in traffic on a Los Angeles freeway, to a bedroom in Barcelona, to a couple cooking dinner in Serbia, to someone listening to these words as they sink down into a relaxing bath in Minneapolis. All different places, all different times, all connected by the shared audio experience. For thousands of years, the phrase, you had to be there, was literally true. If you weren't in the same physical space, you couldn't share the experience. I mean, Sure, you could get a retelling secondhand from someone who had been there, but that's an echo, an approximation. To be there, you had to really be there. Not anymore. Over the last 50 years, we've wrapped thousands of miles of phone lines, fiber optic cables, satellite dishes, and cellular networks around the world. We've built portals that fit in the palm of your hand. We've blurred the line between here and there. In October 2016, Mark Zuckerberg used the opening keynote of the Oculus Connect conference to demo some of the new VR experiences Facebook had been working on. You can find the video online by searching Oculus Connect 3 opening keynote Mark Zuckerberg. Standing on a stage in front of a crowd, Zuckerberg dons a VR headset and is joined by the cartoon avatars of two fellow Facebook employees. The three of them tour a few generic virtual locations before Zuckerberg suggests they visit his house to check on his dog. Here's the clip. Hey, so I promised Priscilla that I would go home to check on our dog, Beast. You want to come with me? Sure. All right, yeah. let's go do it. Sounds great. All right. <laughs> Here we are. Check we were at my home, and, um, and there's Beast. Oh, there's Beast. Oh, he's yeah. adorable. He looks well, so happy. That's I great. I mean, he's got his ball. It's all good. Hey, I'm getting a call in Facebook Messenger. Dude, you could actually answer that call in VR. Take a look at your wrist. Whoa. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Good. Why do you look like Justin Timberlake? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, he's great. Here, take a look. Um, he's just hanging out with his ball. Uh, he's doing well. But this is crazy. You know, you're dialed into virtual reality right now, and Beast has no idea what's going on. <laughs> he usually doesn't. Yeah, hey, do you mind if I, if I just put you here for a second? Sure, I'm in clinical 
morning, but my next patient's not here yet, so I have a minute. Okay, let's recap. Mark Zuckerberg is standing on stage wearing a VR headset, looking at his dog in a view of his house generated by a 360 camera, while talking to his wife, who is at work, peering into the camera of her smartphone. So where is everyone? In one sense, Zuckerberg is on stage, his wife is at work, and their dog is at home. But in another, all three of them are in a shared virtual space, coexisting across a number of devices, all housed in a server somewhere. While our physical bodies still reside in the physical world, the astral specter of our attention is now free to plunge into these portals and go beyond the black mirror into strange terrains we don't really have the right vocabulary to describe. And now, thanks to COVID-19 quarantine, we've been thrust fully through the looking glass and are all inhabiting these online spaces in ways we never have before. And just like countless explorers before us, we're left to wonder, where are we? Who's out there? And how do we learn to live in this strange new land? On April Fool's Day 2017, Reddit launched one of the most intriguing social experiments of the modern era. On the subreddit r slash place, a thousand pixel by thousand pixel square canvas appeared, giving users precisely one million pixels they could click on and change the color of using a 16 color palette. But after altering any pixel, a timer would appear, preventing the user from editing another pixel until between 5 and 20 minutes had passed. For the first few hours, users changed pixel colors at random, and the canvas was a slow-moving chaos. But soon, sub-communities began to take coordinated actions, using their collective power to grab a small piece of the digital pie and begin drawing the symbols, sayings, characters, and images that represented their identities. It really needs to be seen to be understood, so I've linked to a time-lapse video in this episode's description, or you can just search YouTube for Reddit Place Time-Lapse Complete. But over the course of the experiment's 72 hours, competing factions filled in every last pixel, painting the canvas like a virtual NASCAR draped in the scattered iconography of 21st century online culture. Characters like Bender from Futurama coalesce out of the chaos, only to fend off attacks from rival Reddit communities, as turf wars break out between an American flag, a coalition of rainbow road builders, and a nihilistic mass of pure black pixels. In time-lapse, you can watch these flags, memes, and internet jokes blossom like mold in a petri dish, giving us what I believe is the first true view of how the internet actually exists. Because, let's face it, our individual human perspective is such a microscopic piece of the pie as to be entirely meaningless. The two-dimensional feed you scroll through on your laptop screen is barely even a pixel in the vast entity that is Facebook. So, let's try and imagine it from Facebook's perspective instead. In physical space, its body is stretched across countless data centers holding clusters of servers, computers racked in rows and connected by a swirling mess of cables. At one end of this shapeless, formless digital mass are various teams of Facebook employees, hunkered down working from home 
or sitting in open office floor plans, each channeling their individual human caloric output into weaving the webs of code that let Facebook find your friends' faces in your photos, serving as the autoimmune network that watches for Facebook groups run by Russian bots, and helping small business owners understand their ads analytics. But as vast a physical presence as a large corporation like Facebook possesses, it's nothing compared to the other end, where these networks of fiber optics snake their way through the globe to burrow into the back of over 2.45 billion laptops, PCs, tablets, and smartphones, all rendered as glowing portals able to interface with individual humans, expressing Facebook as a unique feed algorithmically curating a steady stream of ads, images, and personal posts from our so-called friends. And the entity that is Facebook hums with a heightened awareness, using pixels and cookies to track the movements of its many users across the web, following them long after they've logged out of Facebook and moved on into the Amazon pages and Gmail accounts of the wider web. If we were to imagine the internet as a million pixel grid, it would be dominated by the larger than life logos of Apple, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, as well as Samsung, IBM, Cisco, Oracle, and the other business to business infrastructure giants we citizens encounter less obviously. And every time we tab into facebook.com, our very being, our physical space, our personal portal becomes a flickering pixel and that giant blue and white F. We are the cells of these vast digital beings. We are the pieces of the 8 billion piece puzzle that these entities endlessly reshape to make themselves what they are. Of course, somewhere in this chaotic cacophony of online interactions rendered as pixels, we'd see the shape of SoundCloud blurring into the boundaries of Spotify, iTunes, and the other podcasting platforms. And zooming in through those vast constellations of major league podcasts, the NPRs and Joe Rogans of the world, we'd shrink smaller and smaller until we found the little tiny piece of the puzzle that is, this podcast is a ritual. And while we're still part of those larger entities to be sure, we're a bit like a rural village, which is somehow both part of the larger nation of France, and yet, on a more immediate level, is also its own little world which I think is important to be aware of as we all suddenly plunge into this brave new online world. What does it mean to be a person and what does it mean to be a pixel? When does the color coming through our internet connection change our physical space for the better, bringing in entertainment, ideas, friendship, love, and human connection? And when is it something else, something less pleasant, the sinking feeling where we realize our feed is actually feeding on us, devouring our attention like Netflix autoplay or the endless scroll of Instagram. There are no easy answers here, as our million pixel paradise is anything but black and white. Instead, it's an endless grayscale of uncertainty, exploitation, and human technological mutation. We've all opened portals from our physical spaces and blurred the lines between where we as people end and where these entities and their pipelines begin. Because even this experience, this podcast, this ritual, this right now, is straddling those lines. And while I can't tell you how you should structure your online existence, I do have two very important ideas I'd like to offer 
as a form of magical aid. The first is a simple mantra, a nice, succinct three-syllable slogan, close the tab. If you're feeling anxious, overwhelmed, less than someone else, or any of the other bad vibes that we can catch so easily while being extremely online, remember this mantra, close the tab. While we don't want to stick our heads in the sand, carelessly exposing ourselves to unknown entities and anxious consumption masquerading as information isn't healthy or helpful. If you're finding it hard to pull back from the edge of your feed or spiraling into despair reading the latest expert opinion piece on the corona crisis, just remember, close the tab. Return your attention to your body. Take a deep breath. Look around you. It's very easy to feel bad online. Lord knows I've done it to myself countless times working at an office, browsing bullshit in the middle of the day. But when you take the power back and realize you can close the tab, you can shut down that part of the portal and turn your attention elsewhere, reasserting your humanity. Close the tab. Now that's a simple fix, but it doesn't do much to help us remove the hooks a dozen attention-seeking apps and services have secretly sunk into our digital selves. So, to address the deeper unease we encounter online, I'd like to help you create your very own digital altar. To do this, you'll simply create a new bookmark folder in the browser of your choice. Label it Digital Altar or something like that that fits your own personal preference. Next, open a new tab and search the web to find a sound that is calming or clearing. This could be a YouTube video of running water, a bell, some wind chimes, whatever feels good to you. Something nice and short. Bookmark this page and add it to your digital altar folder. Then open another tab and Google breathing shape GIF. You can look through the various boxes and circles and shapes and find one that appeals to you. Bookmark it and add it to the altar. After that, open another tab and start a blank Google Doc or whatever you use to write down ideas that's something private, not Twitter. Bookmark it and add it to your altar. Next, think of something online that makes you feel really positive. This could be a meme or a YouTube video or a song or anything. Something so positive that every time you see it, you smile and feel a little bit better. Add that to your altar. Finally, find another sound, maybe similar to the one you started with, but that you can use to bookend your altar. Something nice and final, like a gong or a bell or the computer shutdown noise. When you're done, your digital altar should have the following five items in this order. One, opening sound. Two, breathing shape. Three, Google Doc or equivalent. Four, positive content, five, closing sound. When you find yourself wanting to take back control of the energy flowing through your portal, close the tab of anything and everything you don't want. Then open a new window and go through the bookmarks in your digital altar one by one. Start with your opening sound and settle in. Then open your breathing shape and breathe with it for as long as you like. Open your Google Doc 
and write whatever intention you want to set. This is your digital portal, your online identity, and you can use this space to send whatever thought you want flying back through those fiber optic cables against the grain of the endlessly streaming nonsense that's flowing towards you. But we'll want to power up that thought with some positive energy. So open that content, be it meme, gif, or video, and take a moment to connect with its positive power, the optimistic side of what the internet has to offer. And then finally, play your closing sound and shut the window. And that, my friends, is how we take care of our online energies. So you can use this digital altar and expand it and grow it in whatever directions you want, using it to retake some control of our increasingly online world. I hope you enjoyed this special episode. We'll be back later this week with the first ever installment of a new series. This playlist is a ritual where I'll be taking you on a guided tour of the Elysian fields of internet culture that is Vaporwave. Stay tuned for that. Give us a ring at 860-415-6009. And while in these troubled times, I'm not going to ask anyone to pledge their allegiance to our Patreon, you can still take the magic into your own hands and become an active participant in this ritual by recommending this podcast to anyone who you think would resonate with these wizard's words. Until next time, stay calm, stay safe, stay connected.